1: I have a very special guest today, so I hope that you're comfortable and ready to be relaxed and listen to a wonderful conversation. Today, I have with me Shell Hamilton. Shell Hamilton is a hypnotherapist and the host of the Mind Shifting Podcast Meditation Minis. Be sure to go to the show notes and you'll see the links that we have for her podcast, her website, and anything else that's going on with Shell. Welcome to the show, Shell Hamilton.
0: Thank you so much, Gina, for having me. It's so nice to be with you today. I've
1: been looking forward to this because uh, in our previous conversation, you have mentioned to me that you also at one point, uh, you know, had to have what we might call some struggles with anxiety. And maybe we can talk a little bit about that today. When you were struggling, Shell, did you run into anything that had anything to do with being in the medical world? Were you diagnosed particularly with anxiety?
0: Yeah, well, when I was a teenager, um, I was. uh, Anxiety, you know, they, they were, of course, rolling around all kinds of different things at that point. Like, is it bipolar? Is it anxiety? Is it depression? We're not sure. Um, I was really, really lucky because the, um, well, I believe I was very lucky because the uh, therapist that my mother had insisted I go to see for like the full testing, including ink blots and all of that, um, she happened to be on vacation when the test results came back. And I didn't really care for this therapist that much, um, but the uh, the gentleman who Sat in for her while she was on, I think it was actually like a one month sabbatical. Um, he was the one who gave the results, and he would not back down from my mother when she kept saying, You know, I just want to know the specifics. And he's like, Well, we have to kind of look at the whole picture here. So mm. he was the first therapist that I had been to um, as a kid, and we had done some family stuff because of you know, my family getting a divorce and my mom wanted to get remarried. And, um, he was looking at the whole picture and he kept explaining to my mother because he had had a chance to, you know, talk to me about things that, yes, I am exhibiting some behaviors, but the reality of the situation was, is that I knew where the stressors were coming from. (laughs) So, medication was probably not the best choice because I was not in a biochemical, you know, issue. I didn't have a biochemistry issue going on that wasn't directly related to the stress in my life.
1: Beautiful. That was a blessing. It was. Yes. I, I look at my story in the same way, because my story was I went through anxiety so long ago. It was long before they would have ever dreamed of putting somebody on an antidepressant for anxiety. Um, it just wasn't around. And, and back in 1970s, people didn't go to therapy.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you just
1: it just wasn't at least not in the world that I lived in. um, It wasn't uh, typical. So anyway, you were super blessed because you were in there, but somebody saw you as a whole person and recognized you were exhibiting
0: behaviors. You weren't you weren't um, broken. Yeah, right. Yep. Mm. And it wasn't until years later, though, that I actually got panic attacks. Okay. Um, you probably know anxiety is often progressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when our world gets stressed, our minds will, you know, act in different ways than when we're unstressed. Um, and anxiety, I believe, is just a major way that our brains try to problem solve in order to keep us safe
1: absolutely yes
0: so when we're under stress it's you know problem solving in a hyper vigilant kind of way um, and of course always assuming a negative outcome (laughs) right because it's it's it's
1: sure there's a problem yeah
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and it's trying to protect us Our, our brain's number one job is to keep us safe and the way that it keeps us safe is by protecting us from anything that is unknown or uncomfortable
1: And there's a lot of that out there in the world. And um, Mm -hmm. so you get through all this. And what I'm fascinated to hear more about, Shell, is how, so, you know, many of us come to the work that we do through our own personal experiences, And so now I'm beginning to hear the fact that you became a hypnotherapist and that you are so amazing at doing these meditations. Um, uh, Tell me, can you tell us a little bit about how that came about, how you progressed through from being a teenager who was exhibiting behaviors to being someone who was so helpful to people who are struggling with these things?
0: Yeah, well, with both hypnotherapy and the meditation podcast, I was incredibly resistant um, to doing either one of them. I I was a practical Midwestern girl. I became a hypnotherapist um, in 2000. I went to school in 2006, and I've been practicing. It was a year-long program, uh, and I've been practicing full-time since 2007. Uh, So, I, being a practical Midwestern girl living in California, thought that hypnosis was, you know, BS, basically. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and oh, that would be the Midwest for coming,
0: you. Yeah, right. It kept coming up and it kept coming up. And I was in the the midst of looking for a job, a transition into a new career. I had been a a struggling, uh, minorly published and produced playwright slash screenwriter living in Hollywood, California. And I had a small child and I just, you know, I needed something more consistent. Um, and while I was doing that possible career search, the hypnosis thing kept coming up. Uh, so finally I threw my hands up in the air and said, okay, fine universe. I will go check out this BS, uh, just so you, you know, stop throwing books off of shelves at me and (laughs) things like that. And what I found was an incredibly powerful tool to help people change how they're feeling and what they're choosing to do in the present moment. Mm -hmm. You know, having gone to several therapists when I was a a kid, because my mom was trying to make us all perfect for her new husband, um, I I was really not keen on talk therapy. I, I felt like, okay, now I just learned why I'm doing everything I'm doing, but it's not changing what I'm doing. It's just giving me more fuel for my own guilt and shame.
1: Mm. And
0: that was really my experience with, with talk therapy yeah. um, as a kid. You know, now I am a huge fan of things like cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm, I'm a, a big fan of becoming aware of something but give me tools to help me then do something with that information to make my life better yeah interesting Mm -hmm. and hypnotherapy is exactly that it it gives people uh, shifts in their thinking in their feeling in their perceptions that help them act in a different way and when we act in a different way we feel better (laughs)
1: code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Yeah, yeah. We can interrupt that in a number of different ways and and acting differently is definitely one of them. Yeah. Great. Well, you went to school. You've you figured it out and you've been Mm -hmm. doing it. Did it take much? So you kind of just had the light turned on right once you got it it was like oh this isn't even yeah, what I thought it was
0: yeah it wasn't what I thought it was right. and, and yes the light was turned on and I made a commitment the school there it's the first nationally accredited college of hypnotherapy in the United States happened to be located right there in Los Angeles California and uh, they offered like a one month free thing where you come twice a week for a month to check it out and so I signed up for that And even at the end of that, I was like, not a hundred percent sure, but the universe knowing me threw a couple of things in there to make sure that I signed up and I did. (laughs) And then the meditation podcast, it was not even the original podcast I was going to do, uh, because I didn't want to be known as a meditation teacher. I, I do drop F bombs sometimes. I'm not a perfect person. I don't sit, you know, for four hours a day and, and, meditate, um, But I made a couple of episodes. I decided, you know, fine, I'll make a couple episodes and see what happens. And I really think because I did focus the show on these very short guided meditations that are specific shifts in thinking and feeling for each episode, right? So you can go through and you can say, I'm feeling... Uh, like I need to relax. Oh, here's one for relaxation. Or I'm feeling emotionally overwhelmed. Oh, here's one to help me with my emotional overwhelm. Uh, so by doing it that way, and the fact that they're very focused on anxiety and negative thinking patterns, because that is the area that I love, having overcome so much of that myself, Yeah. Uh, that they've, you know, they've really touched a nerve in a positive way with a lot of people all over the world. And it's been quite amazing.
1: Yeah, yes. It it's a show that's doing very well and I think it's because it's so digestible. Uh like you say, they're short. You know what you're getting, you know, it's like placing your order, right? I I'm feeling this and I need that. So this is the this particular podcast is the one I need to listen to. Um, right. I, I think that makes it really helpful for people, and they probably listen to some of them over and over again.
0: Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> they've they've think, written and told me. <laughs> I think you just
1: recently had something where someone was, did you say it was Peru that was downloading? A,
0: a yes, lot of all things. of a sudden in the past month, you know, somebody or some people in Peru have found the podcast and um, they are listening to it a lot.
1: <laughs> Wonderful. Well, that's because you know when you need those things, you need them. Um, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's this is the time to listen to it. And so in the meditation minis, shall do you have do you use anything from your hypnotherapy background?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, hypnosis and, and guided meditation are really opposite sides to the same coin. Okay. Um, and because of, you know, now you can do guided meditation that's just very, you know, you're walking in the woods and it's so lovely and see the clouds. and um, But because my podcast is really focused on helping you make those mental shifts that's where it becomes a little more directed and that then begins to be colored by the hypnosis background that I have although technically guided meditations while they are trance and hypnosis is trance guided meditations are not hypnosis or hypnotherapy right now if you're doing it one on one like with the work that I do one on one it is a very Similar to what somebody might experience in a meditation mini podcast, except when I'm doing hypnotherapy, I spend more time getting somebody into that deeper state, plus I'm giving them very specific suggestions based on the information that they spoke to me about before you know we went into the hypnosis part of the session in order to help their subconscious mind feel safer, more comfortable, and more motivated and excited to make whatever changes they want to make in the choices they're making, the things that they're feeling, the way that they're, they're thinking, um, and the person that they want to be in life. So it becomes much more specific when it when we do actual hypnosis and hypnotherapy.
1: The hypnotherapy session, then uh, you do take them through a meditation and help them uh, with that, and so that is like it's very specific for them. Yes. And, and and whereas the meditation minis are more of a general, but it does still involve making the shifts, correct? Correct. Because correct. I know you. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what makes it so different. That's what makes mm-hmm. it so. My, you know mind shifting it's it's exactly what it does and it doesn't uh the nice thing about hypnotherapy is it doesn't have to take You do, you don't need to be sitting and listening to, to uh something like that for an hour or two hours it really shifting can happen in short amounts of time isn't that correct
0: yeah in fact i would argue that um anything longer than 20 minutes is not um helpful to the process Uh, 20 minutes or less if you are super anxious like if I were to have a hypnotherapy session with you right now and you were super anxious I might spend five or ten minutes just getting you relaxed and then I'm going to spend another five or ten minutes um, Giving you direct suggestions based on you know the changes that you're wanting to make so max is 20 minutes I actually like to think of hypnotherapy as a combination of the relaxation response via you know, a meditative experience and cognitive behavioral therapy, but you're doing it all in an experiential way with the subconscious mind, which shortens the learning curve on learning something new because your subconscious mind doesn't really know the difference between something you've experienced, pictured, gotten a feel for while in a deep hypnotic trance and reality.
1: I'm hoping uh, everyone can get that. Maybe you can open that up a little bit more, Shell, because it's very important. Most people are dealing, or most of us are dealing on a daily basis with that small percentage of our conscious mind and not giving fair attention to the fact that much of what we feel and experience is from our unconscious mind. Can you just open that up a little bit?
0: Yeah. Um, I think that most people walking around the, the planet are pretty smart. And you know, anybody who's been on the journey to recognizing and overcoming things like anxiety, negative thinking patterns, depression, um, post-traumatic issues... OCD, I like to call it OCB behavior instead of disorder. Um, it. <laughs> it's it's really so obsessive compulsive is really a form of magical thinking. So a lot of times when we have anxiety, we have that piece of it because our anxiety is making us so nervous, so we want to try to control everything, right? Yeah. And and so that magical thinking piece, I used to um I used to have to always end. My drinking, like when I would drink water, anything, I would count my sips and I'd have to always end on an odd number or else I felt like everything was just going to go sideways. Right, yeah. But but I don't do that anymore. (laughs) But I did for a long time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So we walk around
0: and we know, right, we know this stuff, but it doesn't change. And that is the difference between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. That if you've got things that you logically know, but it's not changing what you're doing or feeling, then whatever is happening is actually based in your subconscious and unconscious minds.
1: And some of the best ways to get in there, because then we're left with, oh, no, it's going on down there, and I don't know what to do with that.
0: Yeah, the best way is definitely anything trance-producing. So, um you know, people feel better zoning out in front of the TV. Why? Because it induces trance. Now, it doesn't change the patterns in your subconscious and and unconscious mind, but it re- it alleviates some of the stress that's happening.
1: Yeah. Uh, and that's why those things are so so easy to go to, right?
0: Totally. Because... Totally. Eating, you know, smoking, drinking, uh, long distance running, <laughs> all of these things yeah. are very trans-producing and whenever we're making change it it can feel uncomfortable i always try to explain to clients that you know if you do something new and you feel awkward or uncomfortable that means you're actually doing something new the first time we learn to to drive a car it seems incredibly overwhelming Um, but then we sleep on it we go back again a couple of days later it starts to feel more normal to us Well, that's because the first time you drive, you're driving utilizing your conscious mind only. That's why it's so overwhelming. But when that muscle memory kicks in, that's really what we're saying is that our subconscious mind is making the connections. And now after you've learned to drive for a while, you can drive without thinking about it at all and it it can often become relaxing if you're not around a bunch of traffic. And that's because now it's a subconscious mind activity. So the about, at first can feel very awkward, like learning to drive a car at first becomes very awkward. But then it becomes your new default setting, and it becomes yeah. much easier to do.
1: So we have to feel uncomfortable first, right?
0: Oftentimes, yes.
1: Yeah. Nothing wrong with feeling uncomfortable,
0: huh? No, and there's nothing wrong with anxiety. I don't. I don't know about you and your story around this piece of it, but for me, the the Number one biggest freedom that I got from my anxiety and panic attacks uh, was that I just had to learn to stop amping it up when it would happen. For me, the idea of it happening... And, you know, why is this happening? And, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? And I'm always going to be like this. And it's never going to stop. I called it tazzing out, like the little Tasmanian devil guy who goes (laughs) and spins. Yes. And I would tazz myself out, and I would actually create a panic attack.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) And just learning how not to tazz out gave me, you know, 50 to 70% of control over my anxiety just by learning not to, to give more energy to the fact that I was having a perceived negative feeling in a given situation.
1: I think it's important for uh, the listeners to know that just because you got wrapped up in that, or I got wrapped up in it and had panic attacks and anxiety, didn't mean that we were broken. Just as when you were a teenager, this therapist was able to see that you were exhibiting behaviors. Right. There wasn't something wrong with you because the whole idea of thinking that something is wrong with us and we have to find the exact right fix for it only feeds the anxiety and panic.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, again, that really goes back to just reminding yourself when you're, you're in the moment that, hey, My brain, my subconscious mind, which is the part that controls feelings and reactions, that part of my mind, its number one job is to keep me safe. So whatever this feeling is right now of anxiety, of fear, of panic, is because that part of my mind right now is in overdrive. It's overreacting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Overreacting. And the more it the more time we spend in that, the more sensitized is the word I use. Yeah. The more sensitized we become, which only makes us react to even minor, tiny things.
0: Exactly. Uh,
1: and it's just a loop. And it's a it loop is. that we can get out of.
0: Yeah, so part of that goes into you know when you're talking about like the little things then triggering you, this gets into um is it Dr. Benson? I want to say Relaxation Response is the book. Yes, it was Herbert book. Benson. Yes. yes. And this idea that, you know, we're supposed to have a certain amount of stress leading up to an event, and then we drop down and relax even more. But we don't, in our modern daily life, have that opportunity to relax. And so it's these constant little stress steps that take us higher and higher and higher until, you know, the precipitating event that could be very tiny that then causes us to flip out and meditation yes to taz out exactly <laughs> any kind of meditation relaxation you know whether it's my podcast or sitting and staring at the wall or doing a mantra you know whatever works is going to engage that relaxation response and that's part of the power as well to just take one minute or five minutes or maybe even 10 minutes a day to chill is going to help bring our body back into a biochemical state that allows us to handle our daily stress more effect- more effectively.
1: That was very well said, Shell. Thank you. That's exactly what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And you offer a really nice, very digestible, way to do these things so can where can people find you
0: yeah they can easily find me at shellhamilton.com which is c h e l Hamilton.com. the podcast is on there I have a, a free little ebook that will take about 15 minutes to read called Rewire It that teaches three simple steps that you can use that aren't hypnotic related um, well they are technically because we self hypnotize ourselves all day long <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's three simple steps to take back the natural process of self-hypnosis so that you can make it positive. And um, I, this year, my commitment is to release a couple of albums of longer meditations, um, hour long albums that can be played on repeat. So if somebody's having insomnia or, you know, just an extra difficult time that that resource will be available to, and all of it is at shellhamilton.com.
1: Great. And everyone, that information will be in the show notes, so you don't need to remember. You can just go there and click the link. Shell, thank you so much for spending time with us today. This is really enjoyable and very enlightening. I think people are going to get a lot out of this. Thank you.
0: Oh, thank you, Gina, so much. I love your show, and I am just completely honored to be on it with you today. So thank you for that.
1: And now for today's quote. It's one of my favorite, very short quotes from Alan Watts. He says, life is wiggly. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha.
0: Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at theanxietycoachespodcast.com.